Hello and welcome to the Global Amateurs Podcast, the place where we'll explore the mindset, motivations, and methodologies of international relations. I'm your host, Haikal, with... Jasmine, hi! And today we're going to talk about vaccine inequality. We'll discuss the ins and outs of the vaccine rollouts inequality that is currently happening all around the world. So be sure to listen all the way through for all of the details. And with that, let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, what is actually vaccine inequality? You know, why why is it su- such a why is it such a thing? You know, to the global um atmosphere. So, to my understanding, vaccine inequality is basically the unfair distribution of COVID nineteen vaccines worldwide. So, basically, in layman terms, I think it's like the two countries will get more vaccines and the Less, less, yeah, and the poorer countries will get um less vaccines, and some poorer countries will be uh their vaccines will be administered under the Covax, and this will be basically more time consuming lah because like Covax have to distribute vaccines between other poorer countries too, you know. Mm-hmm. So actually. When we get into Covax, what is actually Covax? You know, Covax Covax is actually an initiative to distribute vaccines by the um World Health Organization. So basically, Covax aims to for the for the vaccines to be rolled out in all countries within the first hundred days of twenty twenty one. You know, including the ninety two lower income economies such as Bangladesh, Afghanistan, and basically so on. It is co-led by the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovation, which is CEPI or CEPI, and GAVI, the Vaccine Alliance, and the World Health Organization, um, basically. Uh, these, these organizations, they're working in partnership with um, developed and developing countries, uh, which have vaccine manufacturers, the UNICEF, the World Bank, and others. It is the only global initiative that is working with governments and manufacturers to ensure COVID-19 vaccines are available worldwide to both higher income and lower income countries. Okay, so um, as we speak today, um, actually today as we speak, we'll mark the 99th day of the COVAX aim for vaccines to be rolled out. Okay, so... Okay, so you guys have known what is COVAX. Um, how? How is it a thing? You know, what makes uh, vaccine inequality something, you know, like so concerning? And, and not so concerning, like suppose, supposedly something the world has to be concerned about. So as we know, there are about 448 million doses of COVID-19 vaccines have been administered so far. And half of that, half of that, more than half of that actually, belongs to the US and the UK and the EU countries. That's oh not fair. Exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the COVAX program, which promises to give vaccine to lower income countries, there are only 57 million were distributed among 57 countries. That's like 1 million per country. That's not fair, you know. Like, yeah. one country... that One country is not only 1 million people in there, you know? Yeah. And 
that's super alarming lah to me. And so, like, in a general view, there are only only 0.1% of doses administered have been given to lower-income countries, which is roughly like 16% of the world population, is entitled half of you see this COVID dose is only 448 million until the next time they reproduce if 27 countries on the EU plus the UK plus the US gets half of the doses what do you think other 166 countries yeah. get? Sad is it? Yeah come to think of it unfair distribution unfair vaccine distribution is not just something, uh, it's not just a morally outraged thing, you know. It's also economically and epidemiologically counterproductive. What, okay, for those, for the listeners who don't know what is actually <laughs> epidemi- uh-huh. epidemiologically, epidemiologically counterproductive, epidemiological is actually a study that measures the risk of illness or death in an ex population compared to the risk in an identical ex- uh, an exposed population. For example, um, it studies the measures of risk mm-hmm. uh, of an illness based on the population, um, sex, race, mm-hmm. and so on. Okay? So, why, why is it uh, economically and epidemiologically counterproductive? So, basically... When there's more transmissions, there, there will be more variants. And the more variants that emerge, and the more likely these people, these countries with, uh, that do not get vaccines, will dodge vaccines, basically, mm-hmm. because of the more variants, you know? And at the end of the day, as long as the virus continues to circulate anyway, people will continue to die. Trade and travel will continue to be disrupted. And... At the end of the day, the economic recovery will be further delayed, you know. Some, some countries would, can afford it because they are economically stable for, to get vaccines from bilateral uh, agreements with manufacturers. But other countries, which are, which are economically dependent on other countries, you know, that's not particularly fair for them because... This COVID-19 is actually, it's a worldwide pandemic. It's not a country, country's pandemic, you know? So, um, at the end of the day, these countries are, these countries, these Latin American countries, these African countries, they are absolutely um, affected, affected by the, by the, uh, und- by the distribution, the inequality the ca- the current mm-hmm. vaccine inequality distribution. So, mm-hmm. as we speak, Haikal, how how does the COVAX or the CPI take part in the role of or the of the distribution? How do you think that they uh what role do they play in okay vaccine sure. distribution? So, in terms of vaccine distribution, um, the the, the main goal of uh COVAX is. Um, at the core of it, um, its goal is to level out the playing field so that um, every single country could could have like a sort of uh, equity, you know, to achieve a sort of equality in terms of vaccine mm-hmm. distribution. Because 
let's imagine a world where COVAX doesn't exist. Do you think small countries like, for instance, our country, let, let's take it simple, let's take Malaysia, for instance, right? Do you think Malaysia is able to stand mm-hmm. toe-to-toe in terms of um, uh, affording vaccines? Do you think we are able to stand toe-to-toe with giants like the United States, um, like the UK, the EU? No, we can't. At the end of the day, we're, no, we're going to be at the bottom, of the, like, the, the bottom of the list. And that's not good. That's not fair either. Like, True. This is a global pandemic and we should all be treated equally in terms of vaccine rollouts, right? Because it, it is not an exactly. individual, as I said, it, it is not an individual effort. It is um, a collective effort. And collectively, the, the, the global community, um, if, COVAX, if COVAX doesn't exist, do you think this uh, vaccine rollout is going uh, to be justice? No, I don't think so. So that is why vaccine was um, created actually in the first place. Not vaccine, COVAX, I'm sorry. So that is why COVAX, um, that is why COVAX was uh, initially um, uh, went planned and realized actually in the first place. So uh, let's take a look like, mm-hmm. at, a deeper, um, at a deeper level what COVAX do and everything. So... Um, in, within the COVAX, uh, the, the countries that signed into this um, initiative, so there are two camps within the COVAX. So there are the donors and there are the recipients. Mm-hmm. So the donors, yeah, so the donors are these like rich Western country mostly, right? So they, 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 what they do, what they do is they mm-hmm. chip in money. They chip in like a, a large sum of money, like hundreds of millions of dollars. We're talking about like some countries are offering billions in this effort. Um, and not only country, actually, mm-hmm. there are also some uh, foundation too. For instance, the, uh, the, 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 the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They also contributed yeah, in this, uh, in this uh, raising donation. To in order to um, fuel and fund the initiative, so that is uh, those are the donors, mm-hmm. and then we have the recipients. The recipients are mainly targeted to like uh, the uh, wait around ninety two low and middle income countries who are eligible to receive the COVID nineteen vaccines through the Covax mechanism. So these low and middle income countries. Um, they are prioritized in this case mm-hmm. so that COVAX uh, actually offers a form of help in order to get a hold on this vaccine. So, for instance, it, it is basically like um, COVAX, with all of this money from the donors, they're going to order like vaccines. For instance, in this case of COVAX, it's going to be the AstraZeneca vaccines and it's also going to be uh, the some of Pfizer's mm-hmm. Pfizer vaccines. So, Covax with all of this money, they are gonna buy, mm-hmm. must buy, must purchase all of these vaccines, and then redistribute it to these um, poor nations uh, who are unable to compete economically in terms of buying vaccines, as opposed to these like other rich Western countries. Okay, the thing about Covax is like mm-hmm. there is this really um, infuriating statistics about Covax. Um, so let, let, let's visit that statistic. Mm-hmm. So wait, let me pull up the statistics first. 
So, okay, I have this statistic here. Okay, so basically, um, okay, so in this statistic, it shows like the three main vaccines, the Moderna vaccines, the AstraZeneca, and the Pfizer vaccines. So these three vaccines are all like once, mm-hmm. once it announced, uh, uh, it announced uh, its creation, it has already like opened a place for order, right, from these countries. So let's talk about the distribution, uh-huh. the distribution of these vaccine orders. So let's first talk about Moderna vaccine. Do you know that Moderna vaccine, a hundred percent, like every single Moderna vaccine is only ordered by the high income countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All, Wait, what? Uh, like a hundred percent, all of it, like all of the um, vaccine that was created under Moderna is actually bought by these high income countries. Like Maybe there are like some reasoning yeah. there. Maybe uh, Moderna is like pricier. Yeah, actually, it is true. Like Moderna is pricier than the AstraZeneca vaccine, and some sort. So, this Moderna vaccine, like a hundred percent of its creation, like of its distribution, is only gonna go to the high income countries. And as you said earlier, the high income countries' population is minuscule. It's minuscule as opposed to like the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So, it is so disproportionate here True. in terms of vaccine orders. And then we're going to look at Pfizer. Okay, let, let's take a look at Pfizer. So, Pfizer actually was, um, the amount of order is um, 75% of their vaccine was ordered by high-income countries. And and then, uh, like as I said earlier, Pfizer Damn. is one of the vaccines that was used by uh, COVAX, right? COVAX vaccines that was uh, mm-hmm. bought by uh, uh, no 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 let me rephrase that Pfizer vaccines that was bought by the COVAX um, actually only accounts for like 5% mm-hmm. of the total order and the rest of it is going to yeah, the rest of it is going to the high income countries uh, and the upper middle income countries which is totally unfair in terms of like uh, yeah as you said exactly. earlier the population uh, proportion it is. It's. Not, it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. This is infuriating. And then we we take a look at the cheaper vaccine, right? The cheaper vaccine. Um. And the less maintenance vaccine is AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca, even though it is cheaper, still, sixty percent of its order constitutes from the high income countries. Which is still infuriating. Dang. It is not a good number either. And from it, like. Only like 10% of it exactly. is going to COVAX. And can you imagine? Can you imagine the audacity of these rich countries to hoard all of these <laughs> vaccines into their possessions? Like, what are they going to do with it? Like, they're like, okay. Oh, oh, actually, exactly. it reminded me of this. There is another statistic that shows how, uh-huh. oh my God, how preposterous these countries are. Okay. So let's take a look at. Okay, uh-huh. I'm sorry if I was being so like, I I, I I'm so passionate about this. Like you're you're mad. Okay, so we we get, get we this. get it we get it. Do you know that Canada <laughs> has ordered the amount of vaccines that is able to vaccinate five times its population? Yeah. Wow. So five hundred percent of whoa, population whoa. is covered by confirmed doses. So they, they have ordered like uh, a huge order 
and that amount of order is enough to vaccinate the Canadians five times over. <laughs> there are no other Canadians in the world. Why do? Why? why, like, you, like, why? Stop this? This is not good. Exactly. This is not good. This, this is actually so bad in terms of like uh, vaccine inequality because these countries are hoarding these resources. Okay, so not only Canada. So the UK, for instance, has close to like three times the amount of its population. New Zealand, 2.5 times more oh, than God. its population needed. The US and the EU uh, collectively both have ordered like twice more than the population of the country. So for instance, in the US, uh, 300 million people. The US has ordered enough mm-hmm, vaccines mm-hmm. to cover 600 million people. So that is 300 million. That's so vaccines. selfish. Where are they going? Where are those 300 million excess vaccines oh, going God. if they are not ready to donate all of those? If these countries, okay, so let's say if these countries order all of this, and at the end of the day, the excess vaccines are uh, are going to be distributed globally. That's okay. That's totally fine. But what True. if they charge other country for this? That is oh, no. preposterous. That is outrageous. Oh, no. And th- th- this is such a serious, mat- serious matter too. Because once you place an order, you're just going to delay the order for other countries too, right? So when you... Uh, because of course, uh, this companies they have to accommodate to your order first right because you ordered this huge amount of vaccines so once you have received your order exactly. let's say you receive your order by the end of the year it's just gonna postpone mm-hmm. the roll the rollout of the vaccine for other countries which is totally selfish for them totally selfish like let me exactly you, let me ask you something so what do you think like what do you think this country's Oh, what do you? Oh, no, no, no. Let me first. I'm, I'm getting so mad right now. So, what do you think? What do you think? Are, <laughs> like, what, where do you think they are going with all of this? Like, in this matter, like, we're talking about like once have once they have vaccinated their entire population, what do you think they get? Do you think that they are able to return to the economy, the economic status back before COVID? No. Because why? Because what? No. The global economy needs to recover at the same time as your, as your country in order for we to experience the economy that we once experienced before COVID. Like, it is not a singular effort. It is True. not only your effort. Because let me tell you something. Once your whole country is vaccinated, yeah, everything is going to go normal in your country. Um, business is going to ba- return back to normalcy. People are able to go to job. But in terms of international trade, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you think True. happens in your trade partner countries? When, like, for instance, for instance um, let's say the U.S. and, um, I don't know, let's say Singapore, uh, no, 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 let's say Indonesia, right? Okay, let's say the U.S. and Indonesia. Let's say they are trade partners, mm-hmm. uh, both rely uh, on each other economically, but... U.S. vaccinated its entire population first before Indonesia could even begin. Mm-hmm. Do you think business is going to return back to normalcy between these two countries? No. The U.S. has to wait for this Indonesian no. to fully vaccinate their people themselves. So this is actually such a selfish act that doesn't even um, benefit any of the party here. It doesn't benefit anyone. Not even benefiting them exactly. economically. Not even benefiting them uh, not even benefiting the other party, definitely. So, 
this is such exactly an outrageously selfish act, and this should be stopped. However, do you know that during this like pandemic time, there is this one term specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, th- th- there's this one actually. No, let me rephrase that. There's this one um, mm-hmm. act that is used by some politicians, like some really irresponsible politicians, to weaponize um, COVID vaccine rollouts, and it is called vaccine nationalism. And we're going to talk about that later oh, once we have our break. Let's take a break. And we're back. Okay, so where was we? So we were talking about uh, what, what were you talking about? Vaccine, vaccine nationalism. nationalism. Okay. Fa- vaccine nationalism. Okay, yeah. sure. So, vaccine nationalism. What is it? Who wants it? <laughs> what, what is it? Like, okay, <laughs> so there is this term coined by some irresponsible politicians in country who are able to produce vaccine for themselves they call this vaccine nationalism mm-hmm. so vaccine nationalism I is see. an act where for instance you your country produce uh can are able to produce um vaccines on their own right like for instance india in this case india is mm-hmm. able to produce their own vaccines uh the astrazeneca vaccine is uh, is produced there right um so what happened is mm-hmm. some authorities in the government believe that they should stockpile the vaccine for themselves instead of helping COVAX distributing them to other countries. They were saying that, yeah, they were saying what? that. Oh, That's for, like, absurd. Like if your country were able to produce vaccine, you're going to do it too. The thing about this is, this is not even a national interest case. When you really mm-hmm. think about it, like when you include the discussion that I brought True. earlier about the um, economic growth, when you factor in all of the economic aspect, mm-hmm. no one is going to come out of this benefit, like having benefited from this. Like no one is going to benefit, not even your country, because as I said earlier, your country's economy would rely on other countries' economy too. And currently, like we're... we're really hyper globalized right now right so of course our economy depends on other country other countries economy so so if you stockpile all of this vaccine okay first exactly. of all you have the privilege right first of all you have the privilege uh to uh distribute your own vaccine that is a privilege not every country can do it right so you have the privilege to produce all of these vaccines for the global usage mm-hmm. however You've decided to stockpile all this country by saying like, oh, I want to vaccinate my people first. Oh, so uh, the rational for that is like, oh, we want to return back to like economic normalcy. Like, but as I said earlier, economic normalcy <laughs> pre-pandemic is not going to be achieved once every single country has started their vaccination program. Like this is not even like, you're not even exactly. benefit from all of this at the end of the day. Like once you vaccine your country, for instance, like when you once you have vaccinated your entire population, for instance, India in this case, right? They are still gonna have to trade with other mm-hmm. countries. And what if because of their hoarding back then, these countries aren't able 
to return back to normalcy. Do you think the trade is going to return back to normalcy with this country? No. You have to wait for this country's first to recover, right? So, at the end of the day, it's just a selfish exactly. thing to do. It's not. It's nothing nationalistic about it. There's nothing nationalistic about it. So, I mean, these politicians should be ashamed of their behavior. Like, this this is not it. One, okay, one more thing is, most of these countries that said they have, like, this terms of uh, vaccine mm-hmm. nationalism, they are also signed to the COVAX treaty. Like, they, they, they signed into the agreement of COVAX. That they are one of the member states. And they have the audacity to do that, oh. to withhold vaccine from COVAX in order for COVAX to redistribute it to other countries. The thing about this, you're based, like, yeah. it, 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 it doesn't even, like, benefit COVAX themselves. Like, COVAX, COVAX's uh, goal is to help these countries, right? It's not like they stop filing vaccines. True. Like, in the, at the end of the day, vaccines are meant to be used, right? So, go on, distribute it. Why are you stockpiling and not use them? Exactly. Like, I don't get it. Like, it defeats the purpose of vaccine itself, for me, in my opinion. So, it's really not. It, it's, it's really not fair. That's not fair. Um, yeah, that, and this actually happens in, like, some countries like India. Um, back then, it, it, uh, I think last month or something, it was a discussion, a, a hotly debated topic in the UK, if I'm not mistaken. So, it's really mm-hmm. um, outrageous that some countries, some politicians can even think of this at like such a difficult time like this. You know? Like, th- th- this is not it. For exactly. Me, for, for me, yeah. um, they are not only selfish, at the end of the day, they're not going to benefit it themselves. So, they're dumb. They're just going to look dumb. So... There is that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, so taking advantage of other people, right? Funding. Okay, so currently, so I'm taking this from the UN website. So I'm gonna read verbatim to all of you. Okay, so funding is a perennial concern, mm-hmm. even in pandemic response. To continue providing vaccines to its 190 members, Covax needs at least. $3.2 billion dollars mm-hmm. in 2021. The faster that this funding target is achieved, oh my God. the faster that vaccines can get into people's arms. See? It's not even like COVAX has enough money. It it doesn't have sufficient money oh actually God. to fund for this uh, noble initiative. So, it's really frustrating to see some countries trying to exactly. pocket off of this like really difficult situation they're they're trying to like make profits from this which at the end of the day is not even going to be profitable for them exactly right okay so aside aside from that that is just for vaccines alone i haven't touched more on that okay so touch more on that unicef estimates that an additional two billion dollars is needed to help the poorest 92 countries to pay for essentials such as fridges health worker training, expenses for vaccinators, and fuel for the refrigerated delivery trucks, and is calling on donors to make $510 million of these available immediately as part of a humanitarian appeal to address urgent needs. Imagine, just imagine, like $2 billion is needed for transportation and logistics alone. 
and you're trying to hoard all of this. Okay, let me tell you something. Not oh, every God. country is able to have like a very boom, booming pharmaceutical industry, right? It is a privilege, as I mentioned earlier. For instance, let's take let's take a look at the Pacific Island nations. Let's say uh, Nauru, for instance, they have a population of only a few thousand mm-hmm. people. How do you expect them to have a booming pharmaceutical industry to be able to produce their own vaccines, to be able to produce their own syringes, to to have like um, exactly. elite, world class uh, medical team? That is just not it. They they before the pandemic, they don't have the needs for it. So during the pandemic, what happened is these countries that are privileged to have all of this, they should offer help to these countries, like these um, uh, under-resourced countries. Because this is a global effort. You cannot just save your own uh, country in this case. That is not it. That is just not it. Oh, and I'm talking about uh, nationalism just now. I'm talking about vaccine nationalism just now. Some of this vaccine effort are not even privately, entirely privately funded by them. Some of it is publicly funded by the WHO, and they are trying to, and this, some of these countries, they are trying to reap all of the benefit for themselves. That is just stealing for me. If you ask me, that is stealing. Like, that is money that was uh, given by WHO, like a global initiative. Uh, like this, like money is allocated for some company to do the research for the COVID vaccine. And once the COVID vaccine is distributed, some of these countries, they are trying to pocket all of this for themselves first. That is daylight robbery for me. Like if you ask me, that is just straight up robbery. So it is, it is frustrating that we're currently facing with all of this. It really is frustrating. And I don't know about you, but... For me, solution is there. Solution is absolutely there. But currently, it's bleak. You know, like some expert has estimated that for even if COVAX managed to reach its target for this year, that would still take us around two to three years to fully recover from this pandemic. And that is such a long time. I don't know about you, but I'm done with all of this. Are you done with all of this? Like, just me? I, wait, I cannot hear it. Okay, never mind. So, as I, as I was saying, I am done with all of this. Like, I can't, I can't no longer face the pandemic. Like, of course, at the end of the day, we're, we're looking for a way out of this, right? So, Jasmine, what do you think are the possible solutions that um, globally, we all can take in order to combat all of this matter, like the vaccine inequality matter. Like, what do you think, Jasmine? Um, okay, hi, Kyle. To answer your first question, um, uh, regarding the, um, am I, am, are we tired about the COVID pandemic? Yes, Haika, we're so tired of the COVID pandemic, to be honest. Like, I, I just really want to have uh, drinks with friends, you know, um, uh, having picnics under the sun. And we can't do that, you know, because we have certain restrictions about uh, exactly. the COVID pandemic. And it's really tiring, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, I think that how, uh, at the end of the day, how do we solve vaccine inequality? Um, is actually, but it depends on 
the that particular country, you know. I think rich countries, they have the power have to spare vaccines to poorer countries. Uh-huh. To, they have to start, because they have a lot, you know. Like, I, like, like you said, they have a lot. They they can they can um vaccinate their people five six times you know why they 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 can donate those uh vaccines that they that they have so many they can donate it to poorer countries the front the front the French president France president Emmanuel Macron said that richer countries should send up to 5% of their current vaccine supplies to poorer nations. I think, I, I think at the end of the day, that's what we should do, you know. We should follow what um, uh, President Emmanuel said, you know. There, there, but at the end of the day, there are so little, there are super little evidence that other countries have even followed what the French, uh, the France yeah. president said, you know. However, um, after I've done some research, I I found that Russia and China, Russia and China have um have been making mm-hmm. their own vaccines, right? The Sputnik Five and mm-hmm. the Sinopharm. So, uh, at the end of the day, we we have to do what Russia and China is doing. You know, I think lah, we have to. Because Russia and China, their their vaccines that they have um they have made, they they have distributed it to lower income countries, uh such as Africa, the Middle East, and basically um Latin America, and we we can take uh and and apart from the rich countries um giving vaccines to the poor countries because we cannot expect people to like like give uh-huh. really vaccines to us you know we can also this is this one is for not poorer countries like basically this one is for developing countries i think that developing countries can start <coughs> can start to produce their own covid-19 vaccines you know because um at the end of the day um like i said we cannot rely on um other countries other major countries to give vaccines freely to us Be- basically if they want to give vaccines to us mm-hmm. they must have something in return you know yeah and like this this method by producing their own vaccines this have been um this is what india thailand vietnam and cuba have been doing you know the india like like you said earlier India has been manufacturing their own vaccines, uh, mm-hmm. which is the AstraZeneca vaccine. And uh, the World Health Organization have approved this vaccine for emergency use. So basically, um, I think that um, India has the manpower to do it. Um, so if they have the, the skills, and like we know India is... Um, uh, medicine mm-hmm. kind of country, you know, medicine re- known country. So yeah. if they have the resources, mm-hmm. then why not? You know, yeah. And um, Cuba, Cuba has four vaccines under development. They're they're developing four vaccines, and um, the most promising vaccine that they've developed is the Soberana two, 
which will basically start clinical trials shortly. If successful, Cuba will start distributing up to 100 million mm. doses by the end of 2021 to all countries. Yeah, and we take Thailand. Thailand has developed two vaccines under the Chulalongkorn and Mahidol Universities. Both are, are currently starting uh, human trials, and Vietnam also have vol- followed. Thailand, Cuba, and um, India, India's footsteps. So the Nanogen Pharmaceutical, they have received mm-hmm. um, a green light, sort of like a green light from the government to to start doing clinical trials. And basically, this company, the the Nanogen Pharmaceutical company, um, can produce up uh. to two million doses a year. But it plans to increase uh, to thirty million doses in the next six months, and Um, we and at the end of the day, um, rich countries like Australia. Okay, we take Australia for example. Australia has agreements to purchase to purchase enough vaccines, the uh, AstraZeneca and Novavax and Pfizer vaccine, to uh, to basically vaccinate their population lah, and many and many times over, and. I think that Australia has taken um, very great measures in curbing the vaccination inequality. Uh, Australia has taken has taken its pledge to the COVAX, and they said that they will contribute to vaccine equity in two ways. Firstly, they're gonna once the center center of science lab um, ramps up the domestic production of the AstraZeneca vaccine. They will they will provide portion of those uh, a portion of doses to all their close neighboring countries, basically including uh-huh. the Pacific nation countries, but the Pacific nations and Indonesia. And once the and another step that they will take is once the therapeutic goods administration. Therapeutic goods administration is basically like the. Uh, the health regulating, um, the health regulating sector in Australia, once they approve the uh-huh. Novavax vaccine, which is um likely to occur in this in in this year in the middle of this year, they would share all their um fifty one million doses to poorer countries in the Asia Pacific region. So at the end of the day, I think that um. At the end of the day, I think that that's what we should do. You know, number one, we cannot expect other countries to uh, other countries to um freely donate to us um and have nothing in return. And number two, um, rich countries they should start to donate all their vaccines, all their unused vaccines to um, poorer countries. And basically, if we want to store so many vaccines, it, I, I don't think it's going to last that long, you know? Because at the end of the day, um, because at the end of the day, the vaccines are going to expire too. So why let vaccines expire without anyone using it when you can donate it to poorer countries uh-huh. that need it the most, you know? Yeah, that's what I think. So, what are your hopes in in uh, curbing this vaccination inequality? 
Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, at the end of the day, um, Haikal, what are your hopes in curbing the I think vaccine inequality that's hope, happening right, worldwide? Day, all of us want to be free out of out of this pandemic, right? Like we we want this pandemic to end. Um, but my hope is like these countries, like these richer Western countries, they should start taking more initiatives in order to facilitate this mm-hmm. vaccine rollout effort conducted by COVAX. Exactly. And uh, aside from that, as you said, uh, also, I think we're going to see a lot of innovation coming in from unassuming countries. For instance, mm-hmm. I was surprised when you said Cuba has its own um, vaccine-producing plant. That is actually really impressive. Like, yeah, we're, we're Cuba. Talking about, like, for the pharmaceutical and it's such industry, a small... we, we've never thought about Cuba. Yeah. Right? And when you when you shared to us just now about Cuba, yeah, um, that is really impressive and it is so inspiring. And I hope that a lot of countries take that as an example. Like, uh, I mean, typically, like vaccine, uh, the, the the what uh, the vaccine production. Actually, like, sometimes it doesn't really rely on, like, pharmaceutical industry. Like, sometimes it's a university effort, right? Like, for instance, the AstraZeneca, it is a co-joint production between AstraZeneca and Oxford University, right? And also, like, in, in the ones that you suggested right now, like, in Thailand, if I'm not mistaken, True. from Mahidol University, is it? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Like... It, I mean, Malaysia. Yeah, and Chulalongkorn um, University. And we have like some. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. Uh, I mean, we have like some really good. University Malaya. University mm-hmm. among the best mm-hmm. in the world, actually. And I mean, we yeah. can actually like start our own. We exactly. are capable, but maybe we don't know like the economic aspect of it. But who am I to say about the economic aspect of it? Like because, at the end of the day, like. Uh, we may have some of the resources, <laughs> like some other countries may have some of the resources, but they lack in others. For instance, uh, maybe in our case, maybe it could be like a monetary budget and everything. I mean, it's so messed up right now. Like at the end of the day, you know, you, you want to know what? We still have to rely on some countries. Like it is inevitable for some countries. It mm-hmm. is inevitable for them to rely on other countries in this case. Yeah. Uh, but for me, uh, from what we have True. discussed just now, everything sounds so pessimistic and so like dark for me. Like I don't know. Like when we're talking about this, like I actually got a little bit depressed by listening. Like oh my god, like this, like like the world is a messed up place. But so <laughs> maybe some of you guys, uh, the listeners, are like facing this kind of emotion True. too. So let me share some good news for, uh, that is happening from around the world. Um, about the COVID vaccine rollout. So, um, this this came out yesterday. Um, this is from UNICEF. So, um, more than 100 economies have actually received life-saving COVID-19 uh-huh. vaccines from COVAX, the global mechanism for equitable access to COVID-19 vaccines. So, COVAX has actually wow. um, achieved... Uh, no, no, it, COVAX has actually successfully sent um, 100 countries the agreed... Uh, what the agreed vaccine doses to 100 countries and it that is actually impressive if you ask me that is really impressive because this COVAX initiative just started like a few months ago exactly in fact the the entire pandemic actually just started off like just shy a month True. from uh, like one year ago right that 
it just like over a year ago the uh, the pandemic started and then we in the same year we discovered vaccines and in a few months uh covax has managed to send 100 countries uh their respective uh covid vaccine doses and that is so impressive actually despite like uh yeah some countries are not being sent yet for instance uh mm-hmm. malaysia malaysia we, we we still haven't received our um covax allocation yet uh so in recent news also like yesterday um uh Kairi Jamaluddin like uh one of the coordinating minister for the national covid-19 immunization program um he he actually held a press conference about this and he was talking about covax and everything he was explaining what is covax and everything and he said that we are expected to receive the delivery of the mm-hmm. AstraZeneca vaccine in May and it's going to involve like around 6.4 million doses uh that is going to be the uh, that 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 is going to be enough for like around 3.2 million wow. um uh people in Malaysia. I mean, it's not everyone. I mean, 3.2 million is less than 10% of Malaysian, but mm-hmm. but still as I said, um one step forward is still a step forward, right? So so this is um exciting news for all of us. Exactly. So look forward <laughs> to uh your vaccine allocation like I mean, if you guys have a registered <laughs> on my suggestion apps, go register. I mean, I have registered, but I actually have doubt like whether my registration is accepted yes, or not. Yes, please yeah, do we, so. We, in the long time, we have registered for a long time now, right? But we haven't heard <laughs> a thing from them, so it was actually quite worrisome. But when I discovered this news, like knowing that the yeah. vaccine is just going to yeah. come in in May, oh, that is relieving. Like by May, maybe we're going to listen. We're we're going to hear a lot of other news. About um COVID nine uh COVID vaccine in Malaysia and and that is maybe gonna be shared by um the other global amateurs in the future podcast right so th- they're gonna share all of this exciting news because this podcast as I said this uh yeah this is an ongoing podcast so definitely look forward to the new episodes like the next um the next week's episode uh I I, I don't know yet what is, what is what is the title but. I'm sure it's going to be interesting. I'm sure it's going to be interesting. That's it. And we're back. Yay. So, actually, I yeah, I actually I was kind of curious about one thing. Um just now, uh, I am interested in your statement regarding um the Russian and Chinese effort in uh vaccine development, right? Oh yeah. About that. So Russia and China has their own um vaccine production <clears throat> that they had vowed to uh share and distribute all around the globe. Yeah. Uh, that's what they said. Most importantly China. Most importantly in this case um I'm going to focus on China first. So mm-hmm. the thing about the Chinese vaccine is mm-hmm. it is actually under a really a That there's something controversial about it, right? Okay, so mm-hmm. before everything, prepare, prepare yourself. We're gonna get into something really shady here. Okay, so this is not conspiracy. This is not um, theory or something. This is actually all um, argument laid out by his left. Right. So mm-hmm. first of all, let's get into the Chinese vaccine thing. So 
the thing about the Chinese bag is um for the Sinovac and the Sinovac, yeah, the Sinovac. Um, yeah. The thing about the Sinovac is, its efficacy rate is debatable right now. We we don't have like access to the proper data regarding its production. Oh no. Which is, in the case of vaccine, is really important, right? We we have to know at least the efficacy rate in everything. True. In the case of this Chinese vaccine, the efficacy rate is the problem here. Um, as with any vaccine, efficacy rate is extremely important, right? Like, mm-hmm. so with the Chinese vaccine, the efficacy rate was uh, at first said around sixty or seventy percent, like that. I'm sorry, I don't know the exact number, but mm-hmm. it's around the area, seventy sixty percent um, efficacy rate. However, like someone from the West. They took this vaccine and retested the efficacy rate or something. They said uh-huh. that the efficacy rate of the vaccine was much lower. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. And the thing about that is, um, it's gonna cause other problem. We're we're not talking about diplomacy problem here. We're talking about trust issue. Yeah, true. Or, you know, the thing about vaccine. The thing about vaccine is, you have those pockets of community of anti-vaxxers, right? They they're like arguing their whole life, like vaccine is unnecessary, vaccine is harmful, and everything. And if the efficacy rate is that low, like only fifty percent, it it meant that like if you take it, you still have a fifty fifty chance of acquiring um of acquiring serious symptoms of the vaccine uh, of the virus. Which is um, kind of counterintuitive of a vaccine. It's like ran- it's so random. Like fifty-fifty is so random, right? You either you either survive or you either don't, right? It's luck. It's basically it's luck. It's basically like luck. So the the thing about this is of this is gonna create some real trust issues in countries that acquire this uh, Sinovac vaccine, and um, okay. So, aside from that, um, it is really unhelpful that China has been so discreet and um, and they're not transparent in terms of sharing this information to the public. Um, they only share this information to the countries that they're dealing with, and then those countries they cannot share this information to the public either. Dang, they have NDA and everything. So. This is really disturbing in the case of um, trust issues with true, vaccine, true. right? Uh, one of the m- one of the main hurdle, I would say, it is a main hurdle. One of the main hurdle of uh, vaccine distribution has to be trust among people, exactly. right? Like among the society. Yeah, like if you fail to gain trust among the people, mm-hmm. it would not only affect people's perception towards Sinovac. It will eventually affects like people's perception towards vaccine in general. Yeah, which is gonna be bad. Which is uh, which, which is not gonna help the case of uh, uh Covax, which are which is trying to get us out from this, uh, pandemic, right? True. So, so all of this, those are the shady things that is currently happening right now with the Sinovac, and also oh one more thing, the thing about China is, China offered. All of this vaccine 
to these countries and they don't expect any sort of payment, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. However, however, these countries, of course, will feel so indebted yeah, true. towards China, right? True. Like, they will feel like, oh, I have to do them a favor next time. And this is exactly the thing that China wants. This is the aspiration. This is the bigger China, the, the bigger image that China is pursuing. So, um, in this case, um, for instance, let's take a look. Uh, one of the uh, countries that accepted the Sinovac vaccine is the UAE, right? Yeah. So, let's say in the future, China has a certain 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 plan of developing in in UAE. UAE is gonna take a look in the past and say, "Oh, actually, I." I have, um, I, I have to return the favor yeah, that's true. that China had done to me back in the day, like during the pandemic. So this is one of China's devious, tricky, and yet smart way of using vaccine as soft power. And it's yeah. really an interesting delve into. Like, um, I mean, you know China. China has this like aspiration, you know, for global dominance yeah. forever. <laughs> And so this is really going to help their case in the future if they're trying to get something forward. Like, for instance, um, they have a certain uh, motion in their mind, right? They could bring up about this case. Like, they could bring up to these countries that, oh, Black meal, right? we once gave you vaccine for free, so it's time for you to pay uh, It's time for you to pay for us, like, in terms of, like, other things. And in this case, it's going to be um, decisions on the global level. What we don't know what China is um, Up to. playing at here, like what, what they're targeting at here. So, but still, we know China. China is a very like, they have huge aspirations. True. Right? So, so that is definitely, that is definitely smart for them. But I won't deny it's so devious. It's, it, it is so devious. Scary. To, um, yeah, to using, to using vaccines as a bargaining chip. It's so low. Exactly. I would say that. it is so low for them. I mean, at a time where everyone is currently facing a difficult time, they still have, they, they, they still think of being manipulative in this kind of situation. And I mean, we cannot do much. They're China. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not saying they're bad, but they definitely have an agenda in their mind. Yeah, true. So just know that. Yeah. And the thing is also kind of the same with um, the Russian vaccine too, actually. But I wouldn't go in deeper because, I mean, if we are going to take, uh, if we're going to debunk all of this, it's going to take a lot of time. And I believe this deserves its own episode. I don't yeah. know, maybe in the future. If you guys like this series, maybe we'll consider talking about this, right? Yep. Because this is a really important and interesting topic, as you would say, about um, uh, vaccine diplomacy. Oh my God, vaccine diplomacy. Don't get me started <laughs> Vaccine diplomacy is shady as hell. Yeah. Like vaccine diplomacy is shady. Vaccine economics is shady. Vaccine is shady. All of those are important and interesting topics that I don't know. We might explore in the future. I don't know if you guys like our series. Maybe we will consider it. Yeah. So. Okay. So back to the question just now about hopes and everything. At the end of the day. We're all hoping for the best. Well, of course, we hope that all of this could end. Um, like, I, 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 want it, I want all of this to end so bad. Like, I want to go somewhere and be able to not wear my mask and not 
be fine. Oh you. my god, yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> missed that time. Yeah, I really missed that time. Like when I was like the other day, I was like looking back in my gallery and I was like looking back like pictures. Um, like before COVID, yeah. right? Oh my god, we were so happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally after COVID, like I've been staying at home indefinitely and I don't like it. Like it's not doing any favor to me. Like I'm getting weights and yeah. oh, this is not good. Like <laughs> that is on a personal level. On the national level though, I mean, I'm not that optimistic about it, but at the same time, I think every world leader should should realize that in this time don't try to be manipulative don't try um i don't know don't don't try to be such a jerk in this time like you i mean at the end of the day you still have to help others in order to help the economy in your country exactly. too so do it for the greater goods instead right so don't be selfish um <clears throat> yeah definitely don't be selfish so um i don't know where i'm going with that but um Yeah, basically, those are all my hopes uh, in terms of, um, you know, our condition right now, our global mm-hmm. condition. Okay, at the end of the day, I just hope that everyone is doing well. Like, uh, wear your mask. Definitely wear your mask. You don't want to be fine. <laughs> actually, be considerate to others, actually. that That is the main Uh, lesson that we get from today. Like, be considerate to others. Even on individual level, you have to be considerate to others. Like, wearing your mask itself is a form sure. of consideration, right? So, all of those, um, take all of the, uh, make sure that you wash all of these safety precautions and everything. So, yeah, I think that's all from me. Do you, do you, do you have anything well, else? Well, for me, um, I think at the end of the day, um, I generally think that this is no time. This is not the, the time for um, vaccine nationalism, you know. The, the two-year yeah, delay between that. vaccinating the world's rich and the world's poor is both morally, mm-hmm. to me, is morally unacceptable. Lah. And... Basically, mm-hmm. it could lead to bigger barriers uh, to the world's health and economic recovery, you know? The more the more people, the rich people are hoarding all these vaccines and keeping it from um, the poorer countries, then it's going to mm-hmm. take longer for us to to recover. And it's going to take longer for us to, um, to be able to open our masks and go have drinks or something and go and just mm-hmm. basically live life, you know. We don't want to spend our mm-hmm. um, teen years, our 20s, our 30s, I mean, like, whatever we have uh, left, you know, yeah. in worse. Yeah. It's not, basically, mm. I think it's not fair for us too. But like like, like yeah, you said, definitely. it's a collective it's a collective um um what do you call it effort, yeah. Effort. It's a collective effort from everyone. Yeah. Everyone has to take part in it. Yeah, that's what I think basically. Um and at the end of the day I think that um whatever it is, uh like you said Uh, we have to be considerate of other people. It's it's considerate and it, it's like we have to we have to have that sort of 
like common sense, you know, to not to mm, not definitely. go and um have like massive uh weddings or to not. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> to not go and uh have vacations at Langkawi for example. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, you know. It, it don't you feel to me I feel guilty lah. To me I feel guilty if I'm out here living my life like nothing happens in a pandemic while other people are uh well other people are staying at home and like basically yeah. uh like basically a, a bidding to all the government what government says you know it's not mm-hmm. fair for them also mm-hmm. if we want to do this then mm-hmm. we all have to do this you know like you said it's a collective effort <laughs> yeah definitely so yeah that's why i yeah. think at the end of the day haika do you have anything left to say Sure. Um. Actually, like, I I have nothing. But maybe do you have like some questions you want to pose? Oh yeah, right. Okay. So, uh, I have some questions I wanna I wanna ask to the listeners. You guys can uh let us know what you think about um uh about (laughs) your thoughts. Number one is how efficiently do you guys think that Covax is in administering the vaccine rollouts in the world? That's one. And number two, mm-hmm. um, my question is, should there be ethical principles in uh for countries to have that they have to take note during vaccination rollouts? Would do they have mm-hmm. to like say, oh, uh, we cannot buy vaccines, or do we uh I don't know, do we do we have to register and get in line? Do do we have to have ethical principles? in um distributing vaccines so let us know your thoughts below and don't forget to yeah write. and wait 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 um i also like yeah let let us in, let us know yeah. your thoughts of this uh this is not like homework or something we're just gonna like we just want to have a fun yeah. discussion here um we would like to know your view on all of this because um at the end of the day we value all of our listeners definitely we love all of you mwah, mwah. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically thanks for listening and, yeah don't yeah. forget to like share and subscribe to our podcast mm-hmm. so till the yeah. next episode guys <laughs> peace out yeah goodbye bye goodbye.